A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Scummy Mummies podcast. Hello and welcome to the Scummy Mummies podcast. It's me, Helen Thorne. And it's me, Annie Gibson. And we have a very special guest with us, between us. It is... <laughs> shush. It's Joe Travers. Hello. <laughs> Correct. That's your name. And... Uh, <laughs> One point on the scoreboard for Joe. <laughs> That's right. Identification correct. Um, and she is a nutritionist, a mother of two, a registered dietitian. Is yep. that correct? Mm-hmm. And a, a South Londoner as well. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yep. So you're from the London nutritionist, is that right? That's right, yes. So whereabouts are you based? So I'm based in <laughs> South East London. I'm oh. a South East Londoner, yes. Hooray! Um, so I live on Telegraph Hill and I have a clinic there. And I also have a clinic in Clerkenwell as well. Oh, nice to have another local person on the oh. podcast, isn't it? Keep it local. Excellent. Yeah, it's almost as if we only invite people who only <laughs> live like a seven pound taxi ride away. Yeah. Kawinky yeah. dink. Well, welcome, dear Joe, to, to the Scummy Mommies podcast. Thank you. Um, and thank you for actually accepting to be here because obviously our symbol is fish fingers and um, you've, you've come on this podcast when we we champion uh, unhealthy eating. But, but, <laughs> but you're here to educate us, so, so thank you very much. What is the <laughs> nutritional value or not of fish fingers, actually, while we're at it? Okay, right, fish fingers... Uh, okay, you can go from the really healthy to the really unhealthy. There are so many different types oh. of fish fingers that actually you can't give a blanket. Yeah, they're fine. You have to look oh. at the label. Who oh. knew? And don't go by price alone because the Jamie Oliver ones are really expensive and nowhere near as good <gasps> as the slightly cheaper Sainsbury's own brand ones. Really? Oh. Why are the Jamie ones so bad? They're quite high in salt. Oh. They're really expensive. They don't taste that great. They're made of cod, which is expensive and quite overfished, mm. but doesn't taste that different actually the cheap ones which are pollock you know all things considered you can get a really good fish finger for not very much money that tastes quite nice yeah so get out jamie with yeah. your take your posh expensive <laughs> shit fish fingers and f- off is that what you're saying basically is that the, is that's it in a nutshell isn't it what you just, that's what yeah, you're that's saying exactly Ellie. <laughs> You read between the lines yeah, okay. really well. Yeah. There. That's what I do. I nutshell things. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I'm, okay. like, I'm like a one-woman Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and remember that there's different coatings as well. So you can get those ones that are in batter, and they're really unhealthy. Don't go for those ones. Go for the breadcrumb ones. What about the ones rolled in quinoa? I guess that's the ideal nutritional. Mm. 
I've never come across them actually. <laughs> I've just made them up. <laughs> Is that how you make your fish fingers when you make them from scratch? Yes, yes, really? that's right. Yes, that's right. I go to Holland and Barrett. I buy a hundred weight of quinoa, and uh, I just I just get the fish, and then I apply a very thin layer of Pritt stick and roll them in the quinoa, and it's delicious. The kids mm. love it. We'll we'll move on from uh, from fish finger talk. <laughs> Okay. Two, two, two and I could talk them all, about them all night, but let's... I do. I do. Do you know what I do like is fish fingers three between two slices of very cheap white bread, a very crispy iceberg lettuce, and a lot of mayonnaise. Sa- I believe the word you're looking for is sandwich. <laughs> That's it. Fish finger sandwich, sandwich. We call it in this country. <laughs> sandwich. Yeah. Sandwich between yeah. two bits of bread. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Earl. That's a balanced meal, isn't it? It is quite balanced. See? Um, it's There's a couple of things. For a kid, actually, that's quite good because white bread is higher in iron. Oh. And, well, it's higher in available iron. So actually, for in terms of iron content and not filling up a kid with um, fibre... Okay. You know, so they've got plenty Nobody of wants a child of... full of fibre. <laughs> Jesus, not when they're still in nappies. No. Yeah. But also, if you fill them up with fibre, then they don't get enough energy to grow. So because they're too full, they can't eat enough. So actually, white bread is a better choice for children. Is that right? Yeah. So oh. is that what... young children. So how old are your little ones? So I've got a three-year-old and four-and-a-half-month-old. And they're on the white bread? Well, actually, I'm, I make my own bread. So oh, I... here we go. <laughs> I don't make it because I am holier than thou. I make it because I actually prefer the taste. Oh, believe so me, my friend, you I'm are worth... holier than me. I promise yeah. you that. I'm not I doing promise it because you I'm that. really worthy or anything. I, I have a bread machine. I put the ingredients in, and then it like comes out in a loaf. It's not like I'm kneading away, being really. Yeah. You know. Um. So yeah, how long have you been a nutritionist? Well, I probably I started being a nutritionist probably about seven years ago, and then um, I decided to do a degree in dietetics as well. So what is the difference between a nutritionist and a dietitian? Because it's quite important, isn't it, I think? The... It, it can be, yeah. So mm. you can get really good nutritionists. Um, but because it's not a protected title, anyone can actually call themselves a nutritionist. Can I call myself yes, a nutritionist? you can. You can. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, whereas a dietitian is a protected title and it's regulated by the same people that do physiotherapists and okay. occupational therapists and those, those kind of things. So... Um, and if you don't abide by their code of practice, you can get struck off and all sorts oh. of stuff like that. Yeah. What if you go around telling people to eat Jamie Oliver fish fingers? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> the register. It's like, it's like Gillian McKeith, isn't it? You know? Yeah, so Gillian yeah. McKeith, yeah. When you do your like introduction to being a dietitian, they really slag her off. It's so funny. <laughs> do they? It is really funny. So I yeah. said, look, we don't condone you getting your clients to shit in a bucket and then you go mm. definitely not well it's okay. funny you could say that because I've actually got a bucket just here that I prepared before the start of the record I wonder if you could have a little sniff of potty surprise potty yeah. surprise yeah. <laughs> would you say that's I mean texturally it's quite impressive I think you'll agree that's it. it's a colour link to just leave yeah. Yeah. no that's I've locked the doors <laughs> Yeah, what what do you think of Gillian McKeithen? Is she just is she just a witch doctor, basically? Oh yeah, she's just full of rubbish, basically. Um, yeah. I and want, flaxseed. I once <laughs> did hear her say that um, it's good to eat um, green stuff because it helps photosynthesis in the stomach. <laughs> and what? But photosynthesis, the name even suggests, and any GCSE biology student will tell you that you actually need light um, for photosynthesis. So mm. yeah, she is just full of rubbish. You're a nutritionist before you had children, did? having a child change your your approach to children nutrition to child nutrition yeah because i used to do weaning workshops before i ha- i'd done weaning for myself <laughs> and 
I didn't realise actually how daunting a process it was or it is because I don't know I just sort of thought you just follow the rules but actually mm. when it was coming up to sort of like four and a half months five months and I was thinking should I be feeding should I start now I don't know my mother-in-law is telling me that I should have put some rusk in a bottle you know so you do and you're under all this pressure mm. and and actually it was quite daunting but it also changed the way that I ate because I lived pretty much on chocolate biscuits for the first oh hallelujah <laughs> oh joke <laughs> when you're, especially when you're breastfeeding if you're bottle feeding and you're sterilizing and you're doing all that kind of thing you're kind of in the meal production zone mm. but when you're breastfeeding you don't do any of that stuff you just kind of get your boob out whenever you need to feed so yeah when i did suddenly start having to produce three meals a day I was like I went into a bit of meltdown it's like god I now need to do all of this stuff all of the time Mm. and kind of I don't know come up with interesting things and start freezing it and pureeing and all sorts of things like that so yes it did change the way are you are you a fan of baby led weaning yeah I'm not Mm. not a fan of it Mm -hmm. um but really in practice I think a combination of the two. I mean, it's lovely. Mm. Baby led weaning is a lovely idea. So you give you off your baby a huge array of foods and it should be brightly coloured and it should be interactive and they should be able to pick things up and mm. put it in their mouth. And that is a lovely process and it's really interesting for them and it's fun for you and they get to experience lots of different flavours. But actually... Yeah, like Angel Delight Butterscotch and Smarties. <laughs> yes, <it>. absolutely. <laughs> At the same time, it's also nice to just shove a spoonful of yoghurt in their mouth. Mm. I mean, you know, you can give yoghurt and do finger painting with it and, yeah, that's all fun and lovely. But actually, unless you're going to get it into their mouth, they're not going to get any of the calcium from it. They're not going to get any of the protein. So in practice, a combination of the two, Mm. um, spoon feeding and baby led weaning is great. And also baby led weaning is, you know, fine if you've got four hours to have lunch but actually, if you're busy or you've got a life other than mm. your child, it can be a bit wearing because it takes a long time for a baby to get food into their mouth. So I think basically a combination of the two is absolutely fine. Mm. The other thing to say is that actually baby led weaning was invented by this woman who had no qualifications or anything like that. She's just like, oh, this is a good idea. And she wrote a book about it and the middle classes really grasped it. Mm. And thought this is a lovely way to feed your child, which it, it is. Mm. And it kind of escalated and snowballed and there's hardly any research or evidence done into whether it's better or worse or anything okay. like that so oh, that's, yeah, it that's is really kind good. of catching really. up yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is catching up like yeah. people are doing studies into it now but um yeah it's been i don't know it's but it's one of those phrases that gets bandied yeah. around and when you're in baby yeah. groups it's like oh no we've we decided do, yeah. to do baby led weeding yeah. it's like yeah and i've chosen to buy a volvo yeah, you know like yeah. it's, it's a very funny yeah. term that i think but it is it's not practical all the time no. No. i i gave it a go and it just sort of ended up where everything in the room was covered in potato with me just going wean wean yourself wean at my son who which he thought it's hilarious so it's fine oh dear um i have a i have a um yeah two two-year-old who won't eat greens is that is that is that a question you get asked quite a lot um as a nutritionist about getting kids to eat vegetables have you got yeah I do get asked that a lot. Yeah. I think lots of kids are like that. And you have to realise that actually vegetables, and it sounds quite a strange thing when you've been eating vegetables for years and years and years, but it is quite difficult to predict what a vegetable is going to do once it gets into your mouth. 
So because they come in all different textures and sizes and shapes and different ways of cooking it and that kind of thing. So if a child isn't familiar with a particular food, then actually they can look at sweet corn and go, that looks weird. What on earth is that going to do when it gets into my mouth? Although they might not actually be thinking in those processes, their brain is telling them, be a bit wary of that but then once you've got it in your mouth and you've chewed it up you've then got to swallow it and so there's all sorts of things going on so the ideal situation is before a child reaches the age of one Mm. then when they're really susceptible to new things and they Mm. don't question everything and they they haven't got that you know blossoming independence that we are nurturing so nice that's the nicest term i've ever heard then if you can get as as many um, (laughs) as many textures and flavors and tastes into them as possible Mm. so that they become familiar with foods Mm. because they're much less likely they still will Mm. but they're much less likely to say no to a food that they yeah. know already. See, I thought I'd done that. Charlie, until he was one, or even a bit later, Charlie would eat anything. and He would eat broccoli and cauliflower and mm. just, you know, stuff I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat. That's revolting. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh, he's wonderful. He's wonderful, wonderful. And then he suddenly just, one day, he just was like, no, it's only cheese and chips for, for me until I'm 18. <laughs> and I think that is something that happens to a lot of kids because... Once they do have this blossoming independence, actually one of the few things that they can control is mealtimes and they can say no. Once they learn to say no, it becomes kind of addictive because it has a re- mm. they, you know, it causes a reaction. I think every child does go through a phase of saying no mm. a lot at mealtimes. Mm. But don't know you'll he yeah, he'll eat greens. That's that's reassuring. But, but keep yeah. offering them because yeah. the more familiar they become with them okay. and you know, you can also do things like Actually, for them to become familiar with food, you can play games. So you can say, okay, what is this going to feel like? Is it going to be slimy? Is it going to be crunchy? Is it going to crumble? What's it going to taste like, do you think? And you can Mm. ask them these things and turn it into a game and then get them to do it. And you can score it off on a chart, see how well they guessed what it was going to be like. So there's lots of things that you can do if you've got the time and the energy. Could you play actual (laughs) games, right? So I think you could get like hungry hippos and then replace the little balls with peas. (laughs) You something could like that. that. <laughs> yeah, be good. Monopoly, but like every time you pass go, you get a carrot. Oh, something that's like that. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That's really good, actually. It's I'm a million pounds in that. Oh, that that's it. Dragon's Den. Hope Annabelle Carmel's not listening because that'll be our next book. <laughs> Roll the dice with Annabelle. <laughs> Um, so uh, Helen and I read an article in the Daily Express. I'm joking, of course. It was the Guardian. <laughs> Shocker. Um, Helen and I read this article uh, in the Guardian a few weeks ago called "Is Your Child a Fussy Eater?" Here's not what. To, here's what not to say. Um, and this article has got all these things that saying you shouldn't um, say to your child if they're not eating their food. And I think I've said pretty much all of yeah, them. Yeah. This this is just basically what I what I say to my children at dinner time. And then I read this article in the Guardian. And funny enough, I'm incorrect. Sorry, can you, can you shed some light on it? So it's got it's got all these sort of phrases that I think most parents say, like, uh, you're not getting any pudding unless you eat your dinner, begging. Yeah, so let's, let's start with that one. What, yeah. like, so when Charlie does eat, like, veggies or whatever, I say, oh, that's great, Charlie. It's really good that you're eating those delicious vegetables. They're so nice. Is that bad? No, that's not bad. Okay. That's fine. The Guardian says it's bad, Joe. The Guardian says it's bad. <laughs> disagree with the Guardian. <laughs> thought you were middle class. <laughs> Um, that's not bad you know every kid needs a bit of praise and when they're doing something well you know you should or you're doing something that you're pleased with you should tell them that you're pleased with it otherwise you know their life is a bit boring Mm. so that's absolutely fine don't worry about that okay 
Um, what about what about that one? The next one. You're not getting any pudding unless you eat more of your dinner. Okay, there's two schools of thought on this. What's the right one, Joe? <laughs> Come on. Um, so I think the right one is don't bribe them with pudding because what happens is they automatically start to resent the carrots that you're making them eat. Okay. And that is a bad food habit to establish Mm -hmm. early on. So don't do that. But at the same time, pudding is a really good way, particularly with young children who need lots of energy, it's a really good way of getting extra calories into them and you can get some extra nutrients. So if you're giving a pudding like... Even if it's something like ice cream, you know, that's got loads of calcium in it. So Mm. you're getting extra nutrients in. So pudding is a good thing. And saying, you know, restricting puddings when they haven't eaten their dinner is not ideal, really. Okay. So what you should do is you should kind of balance the amount of pudding you're giving them with what they've eaten during that. So it it is a bit of a kind of... Yeah. Um, what about this one? Uh, saying, uh, but you, but you like that. Like, so yeah, I have this with Charlie. Like one day, um, sweet corn's fine, everything's rosy, very nice. The next day, absolutely can't bear it. It's like I've given him a dog turd on a plate. <laughs> um, now, should I be saying, but you like that? You ate that yesterday. What's the problem? Um, I don't know if this is. I think this is a bit of a red herring, really, because mm. um, I think it's fine to say that. I don't see where the problem is, really. Because if you're reminding them that they do actually like it, or any every child is different as well, and you know what your child responds to. If they don't respond to that kind of thing, if they rebel against it, then it's not helpful to say it. Mm. But actually, if your child is quite, you know, they need a little bit of reassurance and encouragement, then that's absolutely fine to give them that. Mm. I don't care if you don't eat it. I just want you to try a little bit. Like, is that is that okay <clears throat> to sort of say that? I think that... Actually, if you have a general rule of you try everything on the plate, because, you know, the chances are they're not going to like a food the first time they try it. Mm. But the more they try it, the more familiar they become with it, then actually they might start to like it. I don't know. Did you have any things you didn't like when you were a kid that you like now? Oh. Um, oysters, cigarettes, uh, <laughs> champagne. There you go, you see? Yeah, there we so, are. And, and, you know, you might not have liked them the first time. It takes yeah. a while to get into smoking, I remember. <laughs> oh, oh, at least an hour. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, it, it does take a little bit of yeah. practice. I mm. still don't like whiskey or olives. I keep waiting to grow up and start liking them, and it hasn't. Oh, it hasn't I love yet. whiskey and olives, but yeah, I did go on exchange yeah. to Glasgow. And that's what I lived on. And cheesy chips. Glasgow is so well known for its olives. (laughs) Well, that's right. It's called the New Toscano. Um, (laughs) Yeah, because I I, I sometimes feel a bit overwhelmed with all the different advice about healthy eating. And also the pressure, I think, of especially toddlers. And you go out for dinner and you see all these other families with lovely, well-behaved children. And my kids are just going, it's green. Yeah, pushing it away. And you go, oh, I'm the failure mother. And... um, you know, is think, it is it all down to us, or, or is it you know? Can can I, can I, it's your fault, Helen. It's yeah, your fault. Know, no, she said I can call myself a nutritionist. I'm a nutritionist. And I'm telling you, it's your fault. <laughs> so your restaurant experience, I think, is because most parents whose kids, uh, most families whose kids don't eat green stuff, don't go out to restaurants because they're embarrassed that their children don't eat oh, things. Oh, that's so, where I'm. That's so where I'm actually, going wrong. Yeah, we need so, to go to more restaurants. Yeah, so, so actually, what you're seeing is a skewed view of. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I need to society. hide my hide my children so, away because everybody that you're seeing, like, it's parents that are very confident that their children won't misbehave in restaurants. Generally mm. speaking, so mm. yeah, behind closed doors, 
loads of people are going through exactly the same thing that you are. So don't worry too much. Thank don't you. beat yourself up about it. That Guardian article is full of nonsense. Oh, that's, that's what. It. I'm a nutritionist. I should know. That's it. I know nonsense <laughs> when I see it. That's it. Um, so, now. yeah, now here's a big one, right? I'm going to say one word and what you say the first thing that comes into your dietitian's head sugar. Oh, sugar. Yeah, it's the sexy thing at the moment. It's all I ever get asked about these days. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, basically, if you don't eat processed food, yeah. The amount of sugar you get is quite minimal and it's mm-hmm. quite manageable. You know, if you've got if you don't work and you've got nothing else to do and you can cook every meal from scratch, mm-hmm. then that's fine. But also you have to think about like for example, breakfast cereal is loaded with sugar. It's really high sugar, really high salt. It's not good for you. But it is very culturally established. And people love cereal. Mm. It's not the best thing to have for breakfast. I like a fry-up. Is a fry-up better or worse than cereal? She's uh, thinking about it. <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> save me. Okay. It, it depends what perspective you're coming from. Cause which, a bacony one. When, when, you, when you look at every food, like you can't just say that food's healthy, that food's unhealthy. You have to look at it in terms of a balanced diet. So, for example, if you're having... Your bacon grilled and you're having no. your eggs poached. No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, one pan. She's it, a one pan girl. Okay. So if you, if you fry everything, okay, bacon yep. is not healthy, whichever way you look at it, really. Okay. But if you're having it in moderation, it's absolutely fine. If you're having it... But I would say... Oh, less than 18 rashes a day. <laughs> so I would say bacon is... And processed pork in general, so salami, sausages, bacon, chorizo, you know, all of that stuff. (laughs) Those are the things which actually are possibly the most unhealthy meats. Possibly, she said possibly, Helen, she said possibly. Cling on to that, cling on to that. Oh, I love it. Yeah, there could be unhealthier meats, but I can't think of any of the meats. So a healthier meat would be um, something that doesn't have so much salt, doesn't have nitrates and nitrites in them, which is what they use to keep the meat pink. Um... (laughs) Something that's, you know, a lean cut. Sausages and, I love so yeah, much. Sausages and bacon and salami, those things, they're, they're really high in fat. So, mm. but if you're, not, if you're not watching your weight, then, you know, they're a kind of every so often food. It's, it's fine to have them every so often, but actually they're really high in salt, they're really high in fat, they're really high in all of those things which are not And good. high in flavour. Yes, they are high in flavour. But high in joy. Actually, I love them High so. in joy. <laughs> If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. But... We, we are listening, Joe. If you avoid giving sugar, it makes it this kind of thing that ah. is... It makes it a big thing. If you just say, you know, my three-year-old says to me, can I have some chocolate or can I have an ice cream? And sometimes I'll say, yeah, that's fine. And I don't make a big deal about it at all. Yeah. You know, it's just part of a diet. Yeah. But if she says it to me twice in a day, I was like, no, well, no, you know, chocolate is a... Sometimes yeah. food, so yeah. which is and actually, oh, starting... so you don't say it's a treat. No, you just no, no, say it's no, no, no. Sometimes, yes, food. A sometimes food. Ah, so treat. Oh, that's better. Because see. in later yeah. life, you'll always have that association. You know the comf- the foods that we mm. eat for comfort, those kinds. So if you associate them with treats or mm. rewards, then it just it will always be there. Do you subscribe to this new kind of idea that's floating around that um that actually sugar is the enemy and fat is actually fine and we can all just go and have a lard sandwich. A bit, but not mm. to that extreme. Well, you know, obviously put a bit of lettuce in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, a little bit. I think that refined sugar is a real problem in our diet. Um, and fat, you know, fat has some good... It depends how much you're having. If you mm. really need to lose weight and you're having a really high fat diet, it's not going to help you lose weight, mm-hmm. for example. But, you know, fat has fat-soluble vitamins. It also has, you know, other bits and pieces in it, which are actually quite good. It also makes food palatable. If you're having, a, if you're only choosing low-fat foods or fat-free foods, then you end up eating disgusting food all the time, and that's no good because you can't. It's not sustainable. Hmm. So having a balance is really important, and having delicious olive oil dressing on your salad is lovely, or frying your eggs is absolutely fine. It's really not the end of the world. But ladening your cereal cornflakes, which have already got loads of sugar, refined sugar in them, with more sugar, is not a good idea. Mm. Good. So, Just sprinkle a bit of lard on instead. Exactly. Yeah, yes. 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 Yeah. And where do you stand on the um, like? So uh, Charlie gets quite a lot for a lot of the like the goodies things. Like you know, you get the goodies oh, crisps yeah. and mm. the and the little gingerbread men and the cheese crackers and stuff. And I sort of justify that in my head because they say organic on them and they say it's for toddlers. So I assume that they're sort of low salt and sugar and, and you know, it's fine. Is it fine? Please say it's fine. <laughs> well, they, they probably are low salt and sugar. They're definitely low salt. They have quite a bit of sugar in. Well, yeah, it's, it's quite... Some of them, the sweeter ones, are high in sugar. Um but it is still better to not give those processed foods, definitely. Mm. So it's better to come up with different snacks. Um, like, it sounds really boring, but... Or, or like a Dairyly Triangle, for example. Oh, yeah? that's better than a goodies yeah. crisp. so that's got calcium in it, it's got protein in it. <gasps> you know, it is a processed cheese, but actually it's just cheese. You know, oh. it's quite... It's relatively low salt. So if you were to give 
10 dairy triangles, that would be too many. But a dairy triangle. That would be like a whole wheel. You can't do that. (laughs) Take you an hour to unwrap the silver paper. I just like eating them while I'm looking for other food in the fridge. Like, they're just (laughs) just, just amazing. It just ends up in my mouth, the dairy lead triangles. Easy eating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does depend on what the child likes, so what their favourite things are. So Crisps. <laughs> crisps are, you know, they're okay, but you have to watch the salt content. So okay. if they love crisps, actually going for the goodies ones is not a bad thing. You know, it's not the end of the world at all. If your child doesn't like fruit and vegetables, then think about what they do like, and anything can be a snack, anything at all. So paper, lamb chops. Yeah, whatever you have. So go to the supermarket, have a browse, see what's there. So, you know, you might your child might like samosas, for example. Perfect snack, brilliant. Okay, much better than having a packet of goodies, crisps, which has got nothing in it. You know, samosa, okay. although it's fried, it's fried in vegetable oil, so it's not the end of the world. You know, if your child is not overweight, then it's not a problem that they're having all that extra energy because they need that energy. It's got some protein in it, it's got some vegetables in it, you know, those kind of things. So there's all sorts of things that you could try. You just have to kind of be open to them and and you know, work with your child obviously because some won't like samosas. (laughs) I'll I'll be uh, buying a hundred of them tomorrow. (laughs) So tell us about your recipe books, (laughs) Joe. Okay, my recipe books, they're, they're just self-published ones. I actually wrote them for specific people. But you can buy them if you like. Please tell us yeah, more. go to my website and buy them. Um, there's one for vegetarians mm-hmm. and there's also one for carnivores as well. And basically, they are really, really easy recipes. They're for people who don't like cooking. Oh. So they're not particularly healthy. They're not balanced particularly or anything like that. They're sell, just, it, sell it, Joe. Go yeah, on. They're just, for, they're just recipes that you can use for easy meals so it's just about people getting interested in cooking and you know not feeling too oppressed by the idea that they have to do I don't know get a Jamie Oliver book with I'm really down on Jamie Oliver aren't I but yeah. you know some, a recipe book that might have 20 ingredients mm. it's it doesn't have to be like that you can have some really easy staples that you can use for all sorts of things so yeah, those are my recipe books. Oh, so where do, where do people go if they want to? If you want to get them, you can go to my website, which is thelondonnutritionist.co.uk. And if you look on the About Me section, you'll find a link to where you can buy them from. Fabulous. Now, just lastly, how much wine can we drink? I don't know. How much wine <laughs> can we drink? <laughs> I'm guessing quite a lot. I'm not sure you meant to phrase that. <laughs> Because I can tell you the answer is a lot. <laughs> I can confirm. Oh dear, sorry. Um, Could well, you? Would you uh, on a boat? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, no. The, the government guidelines, so you know, fourteen units a week for women and twenty-one units for men. They were actually just sort of plucked out of the air. <laughs> they had to give some guide. Yeah. So they just decided on those. There was no real evidence for that. Okay. But. What there is evidence for is mm-hmm. actually giving your liver a break because it takes time to process alcohol because it's a toxin. It takes time to process it through your liver. Mm. If you, <laughs> she says, if you don't, um, <laughs> if you don't ever give your liver a break, what happens is the alcohol stays in your liver, and that's what causes cirrhosis, ah. which is the bad oh. stuff. Uh, okay. So, um, <laughs> I bought my mother some of those. My mother's there. <laughs> so having two consecutive alcohol free days a week is what's uh, is the most important thing because actually and they say you should binge drink (laughs) 
So say you shouldn't binge drink either because it can actually really affect your what pancreas. Do you what, does, what do you mean okay. by binge joke, well, joke, joke, joke? This is scary. <laughs> Hello, right? You know how many drinks we normally have? That's binge drinking. The, oh. the, the actual... The <laughs> you actual, know when like, I fall over and hit no, 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 barbecue no. with my no, head? Actually, the definition of binge drinking is having twice the recommended amount on any one day. So the recommended amount is for a woman is two units, okay? What? In, in one day. <laughs> If you have Sorry, twice that, that's yeah. a shot for yeah. units. Yeah, that is called a binge. But is it a large glass or a small glass? Okay, so a large glass has got about two and a half units in it. Uh-oh. So two large glasses of what we're binge drinking right now. Oh, I am oh. binge drunk. Oh yeah. no! Yeah, yeah. So oh. that, so really, let's be. <laughs> I'm let, so embarrassed. So, so you know, talking about binge drinking is a bit unhelpful because everybody binge drinks all the time. Yeah, that's, so, that's the fun bit. But so just what don't we do need too to much. do is cut down a bit. Just shave our binge. <laughs> I think. <laughs> keep your Sorry. binge. Keep Sorry. your binge neat. No, no. Um, <laughs> so all I want to know is. Is that I don't end up with one of those really big red noses like the alcoholic. <laughs> Have you looked in the mirror? <laughs> <laughs> no. Sorry, I'm joking. Really no, that's, that's her clown's nose. She's just come back from the circus. You know, you know that that look of the old man with the really big red nose. Yeah. Like he has been drinking claret his whole life. But I just, I just, happy. I don't want one of those those noses. So because it, apparently your nose keeps growing. <laughs> what? What? Your nose gets bigger over time. If your dad's name is Geppetto, <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, no, it's I have true. heard that. And yeah, yeah. Yes, as well. Yeah. But is that just men? No, it's ladies. I'm is sure it? it is. I'm sure my mum's nose is bigger than mine. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We are really cracking nuts tonight, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> the Venn diagram of nose size and nutrition tonight. It's <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Okay. Okay. Oh, so just one more question related to the wine. So, um, quite often when <laughs> Helen and I go out and do a stand-up gig together, and we may maybe have one or two very very small glasses mm-hmm. of spritzer, uh, <laughs> thimbles, thimbles. Often spritzer. when we get back to uh, South East London, we like to enjoy locally produced food. By which I do, of course, mean favourite chicken and rib fried chicken. <laughs> um, so, like, how bad is that? Are we gonna die? No, it's long never. Never. Chicken burgers at twelve o'clock at night kill you. It depends how often you do it, though. If you do it really often, then it's not going to do you any favors. Once, Once a week, we- yeah. Once a week's probably a bit too much. <laughs> To be honest. Lay off the fried ribs, Ellie. But if you're doing it once in a while, it's really not the end of the world. But I'd say that once a week is probably a bit much. Okay. And also, I was lying when I said it was only once a week. So, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Jo. (laughs) Well, we've cracked that nut. Good. (laughs) Are you surprised by that answer? No. (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm just saddened. I'm not surprised. Thank you. Now, Thank you. I think that's a quite a nice segue to move into our game of did they really eat that? Yes. Uh, because uh, Ellie does really eat that. <laughs> oh, Ellie really is. A, I've got photographic evidence, my friends. I think I've talked about before you chewing chicken and throwing the bones over your shoulder in the street like Henry VIII. <laughs> I had drunk about... 27 glasses of wine so that was fine um but yes uh ellie and i uh were talking the other day about all the different things that we've eaten um 
just in that day uh, actually but no <laughs> throughout our time because Ellie is quite a well-traveled lady and we were talking uh, to our kids actually it's like would you would you eat a horse Matilda yes would you eat this and Ellie Ellie started listing it off um, so we've got a and then I went too far when we pulled into the Tesco Express yeah and Matilda went what are you going in the Tesco Express to get and I went warthog's testicles and she went no no right so what we're going to do is we've all written down some weird things that we've eaten or maybe not have eaten i've thrown in a couple of wild cards yeah so uh we'll see um now i'm going to ask you if you've eaten it if you have you get a point if you haven't obviously get no points so at the end we're going to see who's the most disgusting and uh yeah so let's begin the game which we're calling helen did they really eat that? Oh, I like that. It's like, yeah. Are you really going out with him? Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit Did like you that, really eat that? Yeah. <laughs> there's one of the words are the same. Yeah. So that's the same. Good. Are you excited, Joe? Yeah. Go. You look a bit nauseous already. It's good. Okay. Have you ever eaten zebra sausages? Yes. No. No. Giraffe. No. I haven't. I have. Snail and banana stew. No. No. I have eaten that. What? Yep. Where did you eat that? Uh, in Vietnam, my Vietnamese housemates made it and I had to eat it very politely. Nice. <laughs> um, chicken's feet. No. No. Yep. Frog's legs. Yes. No. Yep. Frey bentos steak and ale pie. Yes. No. Are yes. oh, you bloody English? <laughs> You know. I know, I know. It's one of the scummy mummy's favourite favourite. Oh, yeah. right. uh, pig's anus tagine. No. 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 Me neither. That is a <laughs> that is a fake Hugh Foley Whittingstall okay. dish that Helen and I made up for a sketch. Um, <laughs> breast milk. Yes. Well I wouldn't say eaten, I've tasted. Does that count? Yeah. 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 I think yeah. You, have you Helen Yeah, well my own. Just a, your own, yeah. okay. You've you drunk your own. Um, for an extra point, somebody else's breast milk. No. No. Yes. <laughs> well, your mum's. No, I've drunk Jessie's. Oh, oh I've yeah. drunk Jessie's breast milk. Jessie, regular podcast, Jess- yes. Jessie. Ooh. Yeah, that was a fun night. Um, <laughs> Emu samosa. Yeah. Ooh, I've not eaten that. Do no. You know? no yep. Oh. Ants. Yeah. Oh. Ants. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a good one. Testicles, brackets, cows. Oh. Yeah. Oh, how do you, how do what you eat? Like? Yeah. If you go to Dalston, <laughs> of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like Delhi or like Dakar, but no. If you go to Dalston, yes, um, they do uh, sheep's and cows. I only tried cows. That was enough. I couldn't. Oh, uh, and now what are testicles like? I mean, animal ones. Uh, they're sort of quite meaty. I mean, I, I imagine to be like little rubbery, like squash balls, but yeah. with a bit they of string. Bit. They're not as dense as that. Oh, it's not they... like eating a squash ball. Definitely not. No. They're, they're I mean, I haven't eaten a squash ball for years, but no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the flavour was quite nice. But it was kind of like kebab flavoured. Mm. Like a kofta. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. I don't say that. You judge. You were like not ten minutes ago. You were judging me for eating fried chicken, and you're sitting here going, "Yeah, I've eaten cow's testicles. It's not a big deal." <laughs> 
seriously, seriously. The scores on the doors. In third place, Helen, yeah. shockingly, you are the least disgusting person here tonight. Oh. Uh, and then in second place, Joe, and I've just beaten you with one point, so I am the most disgusting, but for a very, the oh. smallest possible margin. <laughs> Congratulations, so, Ellie. Yeah. You don't get a thousand pounds, unfortunately. That's right. You get a cow's testicle. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> Oh, well, there we go. We're, we're nearly at the end, Helen, aren't we? I know, but before we go, it is, of course, Scummy Mummy Confessions. Hooray! And, oh, we've got a very nice one from a listener this week, Ellie. Oh. Oh, yes. This one comes from Nicola. Hello, Nicola. Hi there. Um, and she she wrote to us and said that her child did a poo in the potty, mm. and she went upstairs and she forgot about it, uh, and then she came down to find that the dog had licked the bowl clean. Oh! <laughs> Oh, shame. Mm. Oh, for a, for, yeah. for a food-themed podcast. Yeah, I hope you that's... weren't eating, listeners. Sorry oh, about that. That's... Pop your hot dog down. Oh. Oh. But, uh, you know, two birds with one stone and all that. <laughs> <laughs> dog fed. Yeah. Body clean. Oh, oh. Yeah. I, I actually feel a bit ill. I do feel <laughs> a bit ill. Must have been all that food you just ate, Ellie. Oh, uh, can we move on swiftly? What's your... Uh... Oh, well, in that vein, um, I had I had a moment of insanity the other day. My daughter had a quick bit of diarrhoea and she'd stuck her finger up her bottom and had poo on her finger and went, Mummy, this really smells... And then wiped that on my trousers. But at the same time, my son, who's two, was just throwing sound into the lounge room from the back garden. Like, just the fistfuls of sound. So I was stuck between being wiped with my daughter's own poo and my son coating my lounge in sand. I wanted to lose... I just... I just... Well, I wanted to lose my mind. I was losing my mind. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to kill my husband. Yeah, so... Yeah, that was my scummy mummy confession. So my scummy mummy confession this week is food related. Uh, The other week I went to Neil's Yard Dairy. Very nice. Very nice. Middle class cheese shop up London and um, bought some very expensive cheese. And Charlie's like, I want some cheese. I want some cheese. So I gave him a bit and he went, I don't like it, mummy. I don't like it. (laughs) And sort of opened his gob. And I thought... God, that cheese was like four pounds. So I just very neatly plucked the cheese, with clean fingers, plucked the cheese out of his mouth and put it in my own. <laughs> and it was is, delicious, I don't is, mind is telling you. It was a chicken burger. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> he didn't care. I was happy. Waste Why not? 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 Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever nice. done that, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> Only with Neil's Yard, of course. Oh, oh, lovely, lovely cheese. Yes. <laughs> that day he was drinking the and Ball paint. I just made him vomit oh. all over the toilet wall. <laughs> uh, so, Joe, do you have a scummy mummy confession for us? Yeah, I have several, but I'm only going to confess if I'm going to be absolved of all sin. Oh, yes, that's yeah. exactly. Are you We've Catholic by any chance? No, I'm not. We've no, got no, the holy wine we can drive on your forehead. <laughs> that's right. Um, This one is also food-related, and I was being the good wife by making my husband's pack lunch for him. He's a teacher, and he... um, Because all of the washing baskets in our house are always overflowing with dirty washing, um, I had used a carrier bag to collect my daughter's dirty washing from her bedroom. Anyway, the carrier bag had somehow got put back in the carrier bag thing, and I filled it with my husband's lunch, and he got to school, and he emptied it out onto his desk and there was my daughter's dirty knickers and he emptied it out of his desk in front of his whole class (laughs) with his lunch so that's my first one oh 
that's so funny. Oh, so, Ooh. and then my second one was, I hadn't even really realised it until I was on my way here and I was rummaging in my bag on the bus just trying to find a muesli bar. Um, but anyway, as I was rummaging, I found um, a dirty nappy that had actually been in there for six days. And I, was, and I was really quite embarrassed. Like, not that embarrassed until I knew that I was going to somebody else's house. <laughs> and anyway, I put it in somebody's wheelie bin. When I was oh, very nice. So. But but he, he is, what, four and a half months? Yeah. So he's still in the nice poo Yeah, zone. yeah, yeah. You know, it's just kind of like... Little just little yeah. smear of Coleman's. Yeah. 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 Very nice. Oh, well, that's wonderful thank you so much joe for sharing and you are i I do officially absolve you thank you you are cleansed uh but you'll do something else terrible tomorrow so enjoy (laughs) while it lasts let's face it that's that's how it works oh i think that's it really isn't it it is now before we go of course like us on facebook tweet us email us but our exciting news is that we will be at the brighton fringe in may 10th, 11th and 26th of May at 1pm at Upstairs at the 3 and 10. Just go to the Brighton Fringe website and you can buy tickets from there. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's like a Saturday, a Sunday and a bank holiday Monday, isn't That's it, in it. the daytime. So, you know, get the get the husband or the wife to, uh, you know, strap themselves to the children and, and come along. And it's going to be, oh, there's going to be costumes, there's going to be singing, dancing. Oh. So, yeah, please come and see us at the Brighton Fringe. That would be lovely. Mm. And uh, always stay in touch. We love your confessions. We love your emails. And thank you very much, Joe, for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It was brilliant and informative and funny. Yeah, you've <laughs> got actual wisdom that you... Sh- I feel cleverer, so oh, thank you. Thank about you. Food. Pleasure. All right, thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Bye! Bye. What's your, kind of what's your dirty food? <laughs> okay. What's um, your, come on, what's your dirty food? <laughs> Talk to me. No one else is listening. No one can hear you. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. No, okay, right. I really really love pork scratchings <gasps> I oh. love pork scratchings oh my god I love them there's oh. nothing like the combination of pork fat and salt that's what's your favourite I... brand I, don't, I quite like Mr Porky Mr Porky yeah <laughs> <laughs> right. it, I should know I'm a bloody nutritionist yeah. <laughs> I'm a nutritionist. You won't ask me any questions. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.